0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Bag and Boardcast episode number 253. I'm
1: Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three weeks. The first being The and Geek, bringing the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the books that we are looking forward to coming out March 25th, 2015.
0: Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week it is the second part of our March Madness comic book creator craze. Uh, This time, we're bringing you the artists. We did Reuters last week. Only fair that the artists get their time to
1: shine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for their one shining moment. Oh, guys, you might not get that. That's actually the theme song to the NCAA NCAA, uh, basketball tournament.
0: Paul, why would you be bringing up basketball? We're talking about
1: comic books. Yeah, but we're doing it because of, you know, it goes hand-in-hand. Hand. Brackets, Chris. Brackets we're, in we're sports. We're doing it
0: because we do this every Marsh, and the fact that we've done it for this many years is madness. <laughs> oh, That's why we call yeah. it Marsh Madness, right? Oh, it
1: makes total sense. It's It, it, it goes hand-in-hand, hand, so much like podcasting and drinking.
0: Mm. Well, I was just going to say, it's a long-running joke we have. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. uh, but yes,
0: podcasting and drinking, two things we excel at.
1: And something that we've had in our basement for a long time is uh this beer. Aging beer. Something also sometimes we excel at. Uh We have Sierra Nevada's Bigfoot Barley Wine Style Ale. We have 2013, 2014, and 2015. And Paul and I also are going to be lucky enough to try the barrel-aged Bigfoot Barley Wine Ale. Aged in whiskey barrels. Whiskey! Yeah, I, tried to, I
0: tried to find that and they didn't have it.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I found, I've only seen it once, and as soon as I saw it, I grabbed it. Um, but we are starting off with the 2015. Um, nice little barley wine, little bit of hop to it, nice malt to it. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite barley wine I've had ever, but it is definitely a good barley wine. Yeah,
0: it is. Oh. And so it's got everything you said. A little bit of pop on it, then it cools off into the malt, and then you get a little bit of that alcohol in the back end.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, nine
0: point six. I was looking for it because I was wondering like how big it was. It's not bad. It's not something I would like seek out or go for. But I think that's how I was when we had the Bigfoot previously too.
1: It's. I don't me- think I
0: was wowed by it.
1: Yeah, Uh and that's like that's why. um We were. It was easy for us to buy these and sell it. Um, I had read an article about someone who had found like the two thousand. A store was selling like the two thousand one, two, and three, and then he just started hunting down and finding them. And then from two thousand one, with a couple missing, all the way up to the two thousand thirteen, had tried it, and it was like you know, it's big, drastic kind of difference. Between all these beers, so I was like, you know what? Buy it, put it in the basement, we'll easily be able to push it away, because Paul's not a, the hugest barley wine fan.
0: But after we did Barley Wine Month, like, a year and a half ago, he decided that he liked them.
1: Well, I decided I like some of them, and then there's others, like this, that it's like, man, they call this a barley wine, but it doesn't taste like any other barley wine because of all the hop up front. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, and big alcohol on the back still. So, and this is a two-year-old beer. No, this is the nope, fresh. This, this is the is fresh. The brand oh, new. this is the fresh. Oh, I. Okay. You know no, why? Yeah, yeah, we started doing. Okay, right good go because this was top. making me very nervous. Like this was the <laughs> so oldest happy, one. So happy, and it was like, 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 oh my god, two years this? old it's so happy. <laughs> How Did this happen? <laughs> okay, so good, good, making me a little less nervous because I'm like, man, this is a big boy right up front. This is this is bad news bears for me. Mm.
0: Well, and here's the thing, like, I just kind of told myself, I don't... It's not that I don't like this. I'm not the biggest fan of it. But if I was told that this was, like, a black IPA or something, I'd probably have a little bit
2: different opinion.
1: I would agree. Um, mm. I mean, The biggest thing is, anytime you see Sierra Nevada's name on anything, you got to think, oh, it's going to be hopped out the wazoo. <laughs> like, yeah. It's going to be overly hopped. And that's one of the things... The f- definite so, feelings I've always had about the bigfoot is it's less like a barley wine and more like a triple IPA I mean yeah. if you put this up against uh, what is it devil dancer from founders which mm-hmm. is their triple IPA they could go head to head like they I, would yeah I'd I still
0: probably go with the devil dancer though, just because it's got a nice sweetness on it it's not like
1: it's a sweetness but it's so much alcohol in that it's oh, a yeah, big it's punch
0: not, like, at
1: yeah, this reminds me a lot of the, now that you mentioned it, Lake Erie Monster. You know, just big on the the piney kind of hops and then the high alcohol oh, on it. I haven't had one of those. I just had the Cool Wave. You know, the Alchemy Hour. What was mm-hmm. used to be called Alchemy Hour. Chill Wave. Chill wave, wave. Yeah, <laughs> and that's some refreshing still, and has that it's it's citrusy. That honey. And it's got that sweetness to it, and this is just all just. Man, we should have started old because I'm afraid I won't be able to taste the other ones now. Well, you don't have to finish that, Paul. I probably won't. Yeah, don't I, worry about it. I don't know. I, I, I think I might have like a glass of water after I finish this one. Just <laughs> the, you definitely need, need to cleanse the palate. Maybe some like, lemon water, cucumber. Oh, Paul, cucumber oh, tell tell water. Your, tell your wife to make us some the silent partner. Water. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm going to cut up some cucumbers. Oh, oh, cool. Okay, do that. Well, we get uh, ready for the Week in geek. Week in geek. Paul, one time you went week, week, week and geek, and it was funny. Oh, good. Uh, well, we laughed at you. We laughed <laughs> oh, with okay. you. Uh, but Paul, what do you have for week and geek? Uh, I have a very interesting way to save some money. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, on Tuesday, uh, PS4 exclusive Bloodborne comes out uh, from the creators of Dark Souls and Demon Souls. Ooh, those are a lot of souls. Uh, that's and they're they're known for being a Punishingly hard game, you know. It's just uh, RPG style where if you make the wrong choice, you'll go four more hours into the game and then realize that choice that you made four hours game ago has now screwed you, and you need to start all the way back at the beginning of the game. Ooh. So you know, there's...
0: Yeah, I I downloaded the trailer or not the, trailer, but the demo for Dark Souls when that came out, mm-hmm. and I think I started it up like four times and I kept dying, and you'd have to start right back at the beginning, and I just hit the point where I was like, yeah, I, I'm i not for this game.
1: Uh, spoilers for one of the games, I forget which one, and this is what made me say, nope, never gonna buy the game." this game. Uh, and it was uh, a person playing it said they came across somebody that was like uh, locked up, and he had a choice of sending him free or just going by and letting him die, and the guy let him out. And then later on, you know, when he saves the game and came back, all his stuff was stolen. And it was because he let that guy out, and he followed them and then stole all the stuff. So all the progress he made and all the gear that he built up was then gone. Forever. That sucks. That sucks. Like you're not able to track him down? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just live with it. Man. And by live with it, I mean delete that file and start over. <laughs> yeah. Uh Ugh. Punishing. It, it takes a lot out of you. And uh so you can in Denmark, you can get. Uh, you segued your own story. <laughs> yes, I had to get to get back on track, uh, to get to the vein of the story. Uh, I'm you, done. <laughs> I'm done with this. You can donate a pint of blood, in order for a chance to get a free copy of the game, uh, because there's some weird rules with you know paid do- blood donations and all that stuff apparently in Denmark and maybe throughout, I don't know, rules for donating blood, I just do, uh, here in the U.S., and you then roll a dice, and then you may or may not win a free copy of Bloodborne. So not only will the game take a lot out of you, you can get a whole pint of blood, a pound of blood, uh taken out of you for the game for free, for a chance to get it for free. I think it's inter- is interesting and novel. And this is in Europe. Denmark, yes. It's cool though. It's it's top geek news. Yeah, John, I got your sneezes. You're welcome. I only sneeze. Uh, I, I, I think it's a really
0: interesting marketing tactic.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's good I to mean, get. We're pe- talking about it. Get good to get people out to donate blood. Uh, it, it's a it's a great cause to donate blood. Um, mm-hmm. you know, usually I get like a voucher for a tub of ice cream. A whole tub. The most I've ever gotten was one free cone. Oh, No, you get like a, a think ice cream, not like a big tub, tub, but like a a half gallon. Yeah, yeah, a half gallon, not a pint, but a half gallon. Yeah, wow, oh. that's still a good amount of ice. Cream. That is still great. Yeah, I kind of want that. Where do you donate? I should donate just go to the Charlas. Yeah, I, I just wait until places. they bring it to you know to the office, the blood bus to the office, what? and then I go there See, and they don't give me anything I... for free. That's why you got to go to the centers and go to when they're doing the special things. <laughs> but I'm also a delight, and people—I
0: just, just thought of
2: people
1: like
0: something me. that bloodlust could be, but I'm not going to say it on the podcast.
1: Oh. Joker face. <laughs> anyways, I'm also a yep. delight, and uh, anyways, i thats the story. That's the story. It's
2: yeah, Not local.
1: Uh, I know. I know. It's far away. It's definitely not local to Buffalo at all. And not I, I Little Buffalo this. at all. But what but is will g- be? <laughs> is it the Ninja Turtles?
0: It's the Ninja Turtles. And they're not coming through Buffalo. They're coming out of their shell Stewer.
1: I know they didn't. It's very sad. But I did have that tape. You had did that you tape? Pizza hut? Yeah. But <laughs> pre-production of uh, the second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is starting soon. And rumor has it is some of the filming will be happening here On location in Buffalo. And by on location, I don't know if it's actually the stories are going to be taking place in Buffalo or. Buffalo looks enough like New York City City in some parts or they're just like, ah, close enough. Uh, yeah. But those people out there who are like, oh my god, we're going to go see the Ninja Turtles, let's go. They're just going to see maybe some green, some guys in green spandex. Like walking around. With some balls hanging off their suits. Yeah, little dots on their face. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's Donatello. No, oh, that's Leonardo. Leonardo, Leonardo? Maybe. <laughs> I think it's fun. It's, well, I
2: think
0: it's cool. Yeah, I mean, they, the I, most recent movie filmed in Buffalo is what, Sharknado 2?
1: What uh, <laughs> was that, really?
0: That was filmed in Buffalo, yeah. yeah. Parts
1: of it, yeah. Oof. But uh, uh, And then there was that
0: Keanu Reeves movie a few years ago that people were like crapping themselves about. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what movie it was, but everybody was like, Keanu's in Buffalo, and it's like...
1: So am I. Who cares? Jim Carrey did did um, the one. Oh, where... yeah, that I'm was sure set in Buffalo. That. Yeah, but he Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty but he yeah. was here for like a couple of days, mm-hmm. and they shot stuff mm-hmm. exteriors.
0: They uh, filmed at the Sabres game
1: because my uncle was there, and
0: he
2: was like, "Yeah,
1: it's kind of cool." Ben Kingsley shot a movie too with uh, David Coveney's wife here in Buffalo, and it was set in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. I, I, I would oh, like to be 66. an extra.
0: Is the only other movie I can think of right
1: now. No, mm-hmm. yeah, was Christina Ricci. She's cute.
0: <laughs> Tell Polly's wrong. <laughs> oh, <podcast. laughs> I don't know, I know. I think this is really cool. I saw the uh, first *Insidious* movie like a couple months after it came out, like at the cheap theater, and I didn't hate it. It was entertaining. It wasn't great, and I think I went into it thinking like you know what, if I was a kid today, would I like this movie? And I walked out saying, yeah. You know what, I, I would. And there was yeah, enough there from well, what I like of the Turtles. from
1: when I, I was don't kids. trust your opinion on that because you said the same thing about The Last Airbender, sir. If I was a kid, if you were a kid, you would have enjoyed it. No kid enjoyed that movie. Nobody enjoyed that movie. No pretentious adult <laughs> liked that movie. <laughs> no, I... Nobody liked, liked the G.I. Joe movies. I said G. the same thing for G.I. Joe, too. Yeah.
0: Like I didn't like G.I. Joe, but I think, you know what, if I was a kid today, I I probably would. And Ninja Turtles, there was enough there for me to take the nostalgia train through and be like, yeah, you know what, it it had what I would have wanted to see in a current Ninja Turtles movie. Just maybe not as well done, but I, I could see it there. It had the skull
1: for it, it I guess. It. A lot of the moments with the turtles were good. And they had some moments, like, when um Splinter was making them, uh, you know, training them and, and disciplining them and stuff. It was, like, that moment where Mikey had to go do backflips in, yeah. like, the second or the first old-school Ninja Turtles. <laughs> One. And then he ends up clapping. <laughs> Two. <laughs> yeah. And he's just yeah. clapping until they, they catch him. They had, they had moments that like fun. that in... Um, I I, I, the, know, I like the, 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 the one.
0: splinter stuff. I wish the CG was a little bit like tighter on it, but the Splinter Fight was cool.
1: The Splinter Fight was cool. The over the top shredder I I thought was a little too little much with the shooting out blades and then them magnetically coming back to him and everything.
0: Yeah, he he was no super shredder.
1: No. Uh but the the scene that really sold it for me was when they were in the elevator. And, yeah, and like, they started like you know
0: like beatboxing and so. stuff.
1: You know, Nikki's like uh or Mikey's hitting uh hitting his um nunchucks together to get a beat and they're laying it down and they're and it was fun and then like the doors open and there's all of the foot and then they <laughs> close the door. Like that was fun. Like that was like okay, that's that's Ninja Turtles <laughs> to yeah.
0: me. See Paul, aren't you gonna give John crap now?
1: No, he explained one scene that he enjoyed. Not just that, you know, the same thing they said. Uh, he said about all the other movies that were kind of crap.
0: <laughs> no, well, here, here's the thing. All those other movies that were, like, crap, I said, like, yeah, they're crappy, but kids today would like them. I said, you know what, I was entertained by Ninja Turtle. I would go see the second one.
1: I would probably see the second one. I probably wouldn't go opening weekend. I'd probably go cheap theater or just wait till... Drive-in? Second movie? If it was a second movie to a movie that I did really want to see, I would stay to watch it.
0: Right, what if they do Ninja Turtles and whatever the next Transformers movie is going to be?
1: No. <laughs> no thank you. Actually, Michael Bay's not supposed to be doing the next Transformers movie. What if it so the next maybe. <laughs> maybe what if it was teamed with the uh next Ghost not Ghost Protocol. Mission Impossible that looks fun. Right? The, uh, new trailer dropped for Mission Impossible 5, Rogue Nations, Simon Pegg, back, with... Huge part in it. Yeah. <laughs> really big part. Really big part in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, Tom Cruise. And I did not recognize the girl in it. So, but that's just me not being horrible at knowing okay. movie actresses' names. I was having a hard time, uh, fishing, uh, Tom Cruise out of my... Noggin my grab bag of actress names mm. of my mind.
0: Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this too, but kind of on a related note, they have a new trailer for Brad Bird's Tomorrowland. Ooh, Ooh. I did see that. Um, Director I saw it of Cinderella the other night, and I was excited for that movie before, but now after seeing the new trailer with like Hugh Laurie, and I was like, oh, I need to be there.
1: And uh, and you got get to see kind of what the role of um, George Clooney is going to be in that.
0: Yeah, it it looks like a crazy, fun, science, like, sci-fi thriller.
1: Yeah, definitely. Wait, Brad Bird it's... did Ghost Protocol? Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. He and also Incredibles. did Incredibles. He, oh, yeah, did Incredibles. Oh, yeah. And he also did another great movie. Iron Giant. Iron Giant. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's Paul's go-to. That's my, one of my favorite animated movies of all time. Mm. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite Ben Diesel movies. Yeah, Saving Private Ryan too. That's a good one. I've never been able to sit through the whole Saving Private Ryan. We, it's yeah. a long movie and it's good. It's well, it's just emotionally draining. Yeah, you don't like anything that's emotional. Yeah, it's just you know, I just you, I'm too sensitive. Time. It's you a have hard time getting in touch with those feelings. No, no. And I, as soon as they, no, start they're to all ser- raw. As soon as they hear the surface, you're like, no, I gotta get away. I gotta then just go to the internet and look up casting I news. Oh, we're going to talk about that. I thought we were, we were passing on those. No, no.
0: It's okay no. if we want to like skip over that because I don't know if you saw the message from producer Scott, but he's uh, available. That yeah, he I did talk business.
1: It. Yeah, want well, to wrap up the news. We'll talk business, and we'll be back with the list. And this is going to put us into the list: the books that we're looking forward to coming out March twenty fifth, two thousand fifteen, and Paul. You had it open on your screen just a second ago. What are you going to be purchasing? I'm looking forward to Darth Vader, number three, uh, written by Karen Gillen. And he's writing Darth Vader in a very interesting way that we discussed last week. And it made you like it even more. And, and thinking about it this way, it made me, you know, before I didn't really enjoy the book. But now that I realize it's just middle management, middle management Vader, it's awesome. Mm. Uh, because here, he's going to be hiring a millennial. Uh, <laughs> who's uh, going to help him out. Uh, meet Aphra, Af- the galaxy's foremost raider of Lost Weaponry. And she looks very much like uh, the, the teens and uh, young 20-somethings of this year, uh, wearing headphones and probably not even paying attention to the Dark uh rules about anything. Mm, so she's that's gonna, how you
0: know it's a Kiernan Gillen book.
1: Uh, so she's going to do it her <laughs> own way. And Hilarity will ensue. It's just going to be like, oh, I thought I asked you for uh, the old weapons like last week. Where are they? You know, and and she's just going to be chewing bubble gum and be like, on it.
0: I, it's uh, just still a more interesting Star Wars book than Star Wars, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know if you guys saw. Um, after issue three, John Cass... or no. It's A little bit further down, maybe mm-hmm. like six. John Cassidy's not on art anymore, and it's going to be Stuart Eminem. Yeah.
1: yeah, which I was like, oh, that's going to be a good book. I was going
0: to say that. I was like, oh, that's that's the book I'd be more excited for if they had launched it that way.
1: He um he's put up some um on his Instagram some like Luke sketches, and I'm like, oh, that looks really. It good. looks young Luke, like really young Luke. Luke. But he is oh. young Luke. It's right after. It's
2: right after the, the Battle of
1: Yeah, I should check those out um but i'm looking forward to one of my favorite books the six gun uh issue 47 and i'm pretty sure this series is going to be over at 50 really? like it is it is built up and now we are in the thick of it and
0: uh well it seems like something you could check because
1: I don't want to. I, Next when, couple issues should be solicited. Already. I, I, I am, I am st- staying out of it. I, if it goes past fifty and there's more going on, I'll be very happy. But at this moment, I've kind of accepted. Like, all right, this seems like the end. Okay, I'm, I'm ready for it. It seems like a good place to end it, and uh, I'm good with it. And if I get more out of it, I'll be very happy. Uh, a Bill John miniseries just started up, and uh, that's been pretty good. So I'm uh, I'm digging my my six gun and spinoffs, and uh, I'm liking it.
0: Well, that was something I was going to bring up because even if the main series ends, hasn't he done like three different spinoff miniseries now? Couldn't he just keep yeah. this going?
1: Oh yeah, I I think as whatever he really kind of wants to do, he's he will do in this world because yeah, this is. The Bill John is the third one, and um I, I i have I have no problems with it. I enjoy that world, and even if like few years down the road he wants to bring it back or do something else with it i'm I'm still there i'm I'm game
0: now I haven't read any of this since we did it for the uh trading policy. was Bill John like the old gunslinger guy
1: yeah, he was Sinclair's oh. partner. With the two, okay, cool. the two sawed-off shotguns?
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like the the beard? Yep. Yeah. I like that guy.
1: Yeah. Everybody did.
0: Yeah, and he died. He
1: died. Cool. Chris?
0: I am actually looking forward to an ending as well, or what could be ending, because I'm picking up DC Comics Batman Eternal number 51. Ooh, nice. A year-long weekly series wrapping up. And even though it's ending, they've already announced that they will continue on with it. Um, I don't know if we'll be getting Batman Eternal number 52 and 53 or if they can start a new...
1: A new Batman uh, A new Batman
0: something weekly series. But I've really enjoyed this. I like the little piece that it's been giving us into Gotham City and the different characters it's focused on. And uh, I like how it, it ended up. It's almost like that Batman hush kind of pay off at the end where it's like the character you least expect at the center of everything. Uh, So I'm looking to see how this ends and where this takes us into Batman for the upcoming year.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: But you know what we always agree on?
1: Uh, Either our next beer or dramatic reading. I don't know which.
0: Well, both. So, Paul, what what do you agree on the most?
1: Uh, That it's now time for a dramatic reading. And now? a dramatic reading
0: from Princess Leia, number two, page five, panel three.
1: I don't want to spend my life that way, humoring people, frowning at problems, and arriving carefully at measured decisions. Ugh. Oh no, my phone off.
0: (laughs) That's not part of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I want to be on the action.
0: That was a dramatic reading for Princess Leia, number two, page five, panel three. And if you want to see that panel that John so lovingly read, check it out over at the show notes page, bangboard.com, episode number 253. Yeah. And John, as you were reading it, I was imagining you in a field putting a flower <laughs> behind your ear, and man, that made me thirsty.
1: I didn't think it was a flower. I thought she was pinning up her hair. It did look like she was pinning up her hair. Pinning up her hair in the iconic, getting ready in, for down for business. About to blow some dudes. About to blow some dudes.
0: Let's <laughs> say John doesn't have the buns though.
1: Don't I? I barely have any hair right now.
0: Yeah. So you got? What are you going to do?
1: I'm going to go drinking. And we? I'm going to go chase
2: down some Bigfoot.
1: Uh, Bigfoot, uh, number 2014. Let's, yeah, drink good. Drink good. Let's it's, drink good. It's, it's a little more barley whiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, right in the middle, it's barley wine. Barley whiny. Real malty. That hops is pretty much gone. Uh, if you, you do. You still
0: get a little bit of that hops. A little like bit. That malt's kind of overtaken it. Before it was hops then malt. Now it's malt then hops. And I, like this one a lot more,
1: and I was going to say I think the hops might just still be on our tongues from mm-hmm. from the fifteen, especially you, Chris, who finished a whole bottle.
0: I, I rinsed though. Oh, no. good. I'm talking to producer Scott. <laughs>
1: um, Excuse me. Who's great, by the way? He's, He's great. I like. I like Scott. <laughs> um, but no, definitely, definitely, Bigfoot is worth the year uh, to put on it.
0: I uh, what was the other beer that we had within the last couple of weeks? that was like, if you get this, just sit on it for a year. Don't drink it when you buy it.
1: The honker, a big honker ale from Anderson Valley, right? Yeah, the the big R's or yeah. big acre, big something okay. something acre, um, which is like their, I think like almost like a barley wine aged in the wild turkey barrels. I had that just personally on my own, and I know Paul had bought a bottle of it, and I super excited. I called him and was like, "Don't, don't okay. drink it." Um, I was thinking he was just going to steal the bottle from me, be <laughs> like, "No, don't drink it, Paul." But no, he's told me to sit on it for you. Yeah, it definitely needs some time on it. And if you want, I one one of the next shows, I'll I'll bring. I have an extra bottle of it. I'll bring that. And we can. You can oh, see I, for yourself. I can trust you. I'll trust you. It's fine. There's other great Anderson Valleys out there that there I can are. drink now. There are. but I would say,
0: just based off of this one, if you get a Bigfoot Ale, sit on it for a year. Oh, definitely. For 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 a better potential. But we'll see how it uh, stacks up against the 13 Yeah, in a little bit.
1: But right now, we want to see how artists stack against each other in the comic book creator craze, March 2015. Bracketing it up. We're bracketing it up. Bracketing it up. Yeah. Uh, so st- I was going to think of John? I was just going to say we started last episode with Marvel first. If we maybe we start with DC artists. All right, let's start with yeah. DC, and we can uh, start on
0: that side. Um, and much like we did last week with artists, we have thrown a couple indie artists in here as well to kind of shake things up a little bit. And I think with uh, our writer bracket. Things were shaken up quite a bit where we had Brian K. Vaughan go right down into the final two, and he's someone that normally wouldn't have been on the bracket because it's mostly just DC versus Marvel.
1: Mm-hmm. Now we so got look, this. Uh, we, we introduced, we asked the small schools, you know, the St. Mary's schools to come and, uh, come and compete in this year's bracket. Come and compete.
0: So I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, the writer bracket.
1: Now the Universities of Buffalo, not just the Dukes. Right, and too bad we got eliminated in the first game.
0: Well, people were still excited. About yeah, it. I know. But and uh, and then they were also excited about the Ninja Turtles coming
1: too. Yeah, so. we were favored, though. You <laughs>
0: everything's looking up, Buffalo.
1: All right. So what's have the... fun with your snow right now? Well, basically melted. Uh, Greg Capullo <laughs> from. Well, Batman. do we want to list all the names or just go okay. into uh, it? number? W- so we have seated. Uh, for DC, uh, number one, Greg Capullo. Number two. Uh, Andrea Sorrentino. Number three, Sean Murphy. Number four, Billy Tan. Number five, Carl Kershel. And number six, Babs Tar Babs being the newest, so kind of got low seated there. And then also on this side of the bracket for the Indies, we have the number one overall seated, Rafael Albuquerque. And uh, the number six, or number four seated friend in the Indies, Juan Ferreira. Right? Yes. And, uh, so there we go. So number one versus number six. Greg Capullo versus Babstar. I think this is a tough. It's this a tough. Is, this is sad. Well, this is. It's sad that. But where else am I going to put Babs? Where, yeah. Me, we're gonna... it's, it's tough because as much as I do enjoy that art and the character design that she had for those characters, I mean, even just, um, how she draws, um, Black Canary, I really like. But. The little strung out like Canary.
0: i I buy it though with Dinah. Yeah. Especially yeah. Especially in this
1: book. True.
0: The way. It's a, it's a strung out Dinah that you've been reading. It's
1: so. a, a strung out, drunk out, <laughs> hungover Dinah. Greg Capullo has recreated the Joker to be even more menacing than a guy wearing his face as a mask. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and what that takes is his hair slicked back in <laughs> and then half his face blown off.
1: <laughs> it this he just i every year i think he just keeps getting better at drawing batman books and i mean for the first part of this year we had the zero year with you know batman just in the beginning of his career and that book being great and tying all those characters in and how they've done it and feeling those emotions that's going on in that book i mean that moment between batman and gordon on the boat where gordon takes off his glasses yeah you know like what a great scene and and yeah there's emotion there but it's his artwork that's telling that stuff that's going on between those two and but i mean just bringing back the joker again to be even just as creepy and gotham being a zombie war zone like insane um I, I have to give it to Greg Capullo. Chris, I, I feel you're leading the same way. I am, and it
0: makes me really sad because I really enjoy what Babs has been doing over at Batgirl. And I think if she was up against anyone else on this list, well, the thing is, though she she probably would have she probably would have progressed. And with, I know with, like, with a bracket, gonna she's say, Paul,
1: she's going to be facing. <laughs>
0: I know. Okay. That's not how it's going to work out. Because she's, she's the newest, so she's that fresh seed in number six. And that's sad because I, I really love Batgirl. And it's because of the writing and it's because of the art. So it's sad for her to not progress on because, I mean, Greg Capullo is just amazing. He, he is the Batman artist now.
1: Yeah. It's seminal work yeah. that he's doing. And it's but I think we're getting equally seminal work with Babs Tar and I think what they're doing with Barbara Gordon. I think uh all my pre fifty two going into the fifty two fears have now been, you know, squashed. It it took them what, three, four years to get to a Batgirl that I wanted to read yeah. and root for and not miss Oracle anymore. I'm now saying, oh, Barbara Gordon Batgirl is the Batgirl that I want to read. Yeah. It's not Bar- – I'm still wishing she was Oracle. And but this Batgirl is a lot – if you just said, you know, this is Stephanie Brown Batgirl, you could. Because yeah. there's not much there aside from, like, I just hacked your phone. Now I know what's going on. You're going to lead me to the bad guy like or I just took your picture while we were fighting and now and it's posted yeah. everywhere. Yeah.
0: If you took out... I'm going to flirt with this police detective. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean a lot of this for, is... for me that's what sells it as like a bar record book because she's so ingrained yeah. in like the police department culture there.
1: She's Veronica Mars.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so is I, zombie. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh so since my vote doesn't really matter here, I'm going to give it to Babstar. Just to, and just I, to make it even.
0: Honestly, I figured whichever of us had that like follow-up would throw it over to her because...
1: It is great, and
0: it's new. It's great, and it's hard to be in this position because it's such a great book. It's just, and Batgirl is leading towards the new New 52, mm-hmm. the post-New 52, whatever they wind up calling it. This is ushering in the next chapter of DC Publishing as a whole. Yeah, and I think the fact that DC is basing so much of its new like publishing strategy on the success of this book speaks so highly of what Babs is doing over there that it it, it deserves that note, like, That note,
1: and I think being on this list, and I think this year the list we've created are really more of the people that we really admire and we really do like. And I think the fact that she made it onto this list is is big. Yeah. It's two spots down from just DC, also. You know, it's only the six yeah. top, our top six DC artists. Yeah. Uh, so let's go down toward the number two versus the number five. Adrian, Adria Sarantino versus Carl Kerschel. This is a tough one for me because I do really enjoy what Andrea Sarantino did on green arrow but i really like carl kershaw's like just character designs how we draw stuff he makes those characters like the teen titans that i've seen him draw like he does a really good job on those characters fun animated style yeah full of energy full of life
0: and that's the thing like that's what i love about gotham academy is there's so much life in those characters
1: Mm -hmm. Everything and, pops and is vibrant off the page.
0: Yeah, it's more like character, like you said, kind of animated, cartoony style. But it works for that book. If Gotham Academy had been drawn something like Gotham Manor or uh, Gotham by Midnight, the book would not work the same way. It's not something that I would want to read. But the style lends so much to the storytelling itself that it works. And you need that. Because, yeah, it's a creepy city, it's a creepy school, but you need that bright, fun energy that Chirocrifal brings to those characters.
1: And, like, the innocence. He brings innocence to a lot of those characters, too. And you just see it in their eyes, the way he draws their eyes.
0: Yeah, like, Maps is that innocent character. But then you have uh, another character like Olive who... Is just slightly off-putting that you don't blame everyone else in this uh, school for not liking her. But let's throw it over to Andrea Sorrentino then, because he's been on our list since *I Vampire* started coming out mm-hmm. with the launch of the New Fifty Two. And Paul, that was. That was your book.
1: Yeah, Uh I thought he did a very creepy, very uh moody style book there. And when he went on to Green Arrow, I'm like, that is not the book I would put him on. That is not uh what I would think he would best, the kind of story that he's best utilized for. I, I kind of want him a darker, moodier, you know, kind of creepy edged book. But, but but it fit man, perfectly. but perfectly John's been the champion here and I've always been the uh been on the other side of the table I I just just the crazy things like he breaks out like puts a puts a panel out where a man is shooting a bow through a window to kill a guy but then he blocks out this small little window where you know it's drawn in the background to kind of blow it up, and as he blows it up, he doesn't color it at all. It's just kind of just lines, and he would do that. He'd do these very interesting panel layouts, and the way they used he used color with it, and how they created these panels just was just great. It fit the book, it fit the tone of the book, and the fact that right after they were done with that run, that it went to the real kind of comic booky look i could not even focus on that book and i was like this is not the green arrow i want to be reading this is not what i want at all um but i think i have to give it to andrea sarantino over carl Kirschel, just because and throwing it back over to me sealed the deal because i was just thinking about everything that i loved out of those books and the look, the tone, how everyone, I mean, just the characters, uh, Maximus, even how he drew, you know, Oliver Queen's father in it. It just all fits so well. Well, I was less to go last time, so I kind of want to go second here to put the pressure on you, Chris. I'm going to go no, Carl Kershaw. That's, that's fine,
0: because that's, that's how
1: because, we do it. Because it's <coughs> more of the art style that I enjoy on that book, that it's, on, uh, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You were going to probably talk up the Andrea Sorrentino.
0: Yeah, topic. I was going to talk about Andrea Sorrentino a little bit because uh, when the New Fifty Two launched, Green Arrow was one of the books that I drafted. I've always been a Green Arrow fan, and that book just it was lacking. It left me wanting so much more, and I hate that I had to wait for Sorrentino to be on that book to be like all right, this is Kick-Ass. And it was shortly after that that we got the CW show Arrow, and they were working in such great conjunction with each other. That was the Green Arrow that I wanted, and I haven't read Green Arrow since John stopped picking it up. <laughs> and, but but here's the thing. While I miss reading it, I know I'm not going to enjoy it as much as I did as when uh, Jeff Lemire and Sorrentino were on it. I know it's going to be a completely different book again. So I kind of almost chalked that up as a loss. Mm -hmm. Because I know it's, well, it's not going to be the same. I'm not going to be let down by reading it and then be like, oh, I'm not going to go ahead with it. I'm just going to look back at that golden age of the new 52 Green Arrow and be like, man, that was a kick-ass book. Yeah. And that's all I needed to save home.
1: Oh no! Well, yeah, but you have to give us your choice.
0: But I thought you were going to pick, so you put the pressure on me. I
1: did. I, I picked Carl Kershaw, oh, and yeah. then I threw it back to you, and I picked Sorrentino. so. Now, so now it's... we've heard both sides of your brain on both of these artists. So now, go ahead. You and...
0: have. So where do you think I'm leaning?
1: I, I, think... I have no idea. <laughs> I think you're leaning against the clock because this is because you're play. on it.
0: Because I, I like Andreas Sorrentino's art a lot. It brings a great gritty style to everything, and Carl Kershl just brings such standout character work to it. Yep. And I know Carl Kirschel can do different stuff with his artwork. So I will I will go for him because he's somewhat adaptable.
1: No, that I mean that's fine. He's he's a great artist. I mean, everyone on this list, I don't mind going, moving it forward.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's a tough pick, but at the same time, it's a pick that needs to be made. And I, Carl Kershaw is not one of those artists for me, because I want to see how he handles that book. So is Andrea Sorrentino, but I can already see kind of his style and what he's going to do with it. I think Kershel can adapt a little bit more, and he can darken up his style if he needs to. Oh. Because, I mean, just... He also did the Wednesday Comics Flash,
2: mm-hmm. which, which, was a about, anarchy, which was a lot great. of energy, a lot
0: of Yeah, I mean, that was great how he would go just almost between styles in the same strip. Um, and I think the whoever's doing the colors now like that computer-generated, such animated style. I, I really dig it, so. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, you got to do the plaid dresses somehow, and you're not going to yeah, color those by hand. But I still like
0: that. I like how flat that looks amidst everything else.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, so the next up we have the three versus four over at DC, and that's Sean Murphy versus Billy Tan, both seminal uh, comic book superhero artists. Uh, Sean Murphy's doing what, John? Sean Murphy did the Wake. Oh. Uh, well, that's independent. <laughs> that's on. Un- well, it's is that Vertigo? It was Vertigo oh, DC. Okay. Um, and I mean he's got he's on more independent stuff, but I mean that was kind of his big DC book, and, and
0: he's been over at DC for a while now. He's done some Batman work and some other Vertigo stuff as well.
1: Uh, yeah, and Billy Tan's the Green Lantern artist, right? He he is, and I do have to say he does do a great job with that Green Lantern book. I really enjoy the way he draws Hal Jordan. And it's kind of becoming the way, it's kind of like the look of Hal Jordan I really like right now.
0: I, I think you hit the nail on the head with that because that's Hal Jordan. Yeah. Whatever you think about Hal Jordan, whenever you've seen him before, he does a great job of just...
1: Nailing that. that. He, he captures it. But he also has his own little kind of taste to it. Um, and everything else that he's done inside that Green Lantern book... Has been really, really great. Um, but Sean Murphy jumped to the forefront when he did, um, like four or five issues, maybe six issues of American Vampire. And I was just like, what? Who is this? And from then on, I have been a Sean Murphy fan. Uh, I enjoy his kind of sketchy lines. The way he does, just draws people in their eyes, in their faces, even just the, um, the stubble and everything that he draws on, on, on the faces, uh, I absolutely enjoy. Like, it's the right kind of pulpy, gritty, indie look that I, uh, I absolutely love. And this is a tough
0: matchup too, because they're both, like, that quintessential DC comic book style. Like, if they were at any point to swap books, you'd probably be like, okay, like, I'm not going to drop the book because it's someone different on it. They both can deliver with whatever they're put on. So it's, it's kind of a closer matchup than we've had in the previous two brackets, because each of those artists were different enough that, like, they both have their own pros, they both have their own cons, even though, like, we don't dislike any of these people. I... I feel like Sean Murphy and Billy Tanner just close enough that it's it's tough to pick one over the other. Just like it's going to be based on personal preference of like what books they're on. I think
1: yeah. I always get Sean Murphy and Sean Phillips confused. Probably because they're both Sean. Yeah, they're both both names are Sean. They, and they've done like <laughs> did uh, did Sean Murphy do Criminal with Brewbreaker? No, that was Sean. That was Sean, Sean Phillips. Phillips. See, that's, that's, that's always Sean Phillips. <laughs> who did Incognito with Brubaker? That
0: was Sean Phillips. Oh, if, it's okay. with, if it's Ed Brubaker with someone, it's gonna be Sean Phillips. Wait,
1: then who did Fatal with? Oh, that, that's. I just oh. pulled the yeah. book out and that was definitely Sean Phillips. And that's all I'm like, yeah, don't, wait a second. I
0: didn't even know why you had to ask that, Paul. Yeah. I just said.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> the thing is, I was like looking, I'm like, I know I probably have a book drawn by Sean Murphy over here, and I think it's with something with Brubaker. Nope, it was all nope. Sean Phillips.
0: I think you have the wake with Scott Snyder.
1: Yeah. And uh, I have to go for more... I, 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 I You know what? I'm going to abstain from this vote, because... Oh. You know why? Because I don't know who Sean Murphy is, apparently. I kept on getting confused.
0: Well, you're still going to be the tiebreaker, because... Wait. Here's the thing. John's gonna go with Sean Murphy because he reads more of the Sean Murphy books. Mm-hmm. Yep. Moody. I will go
1: with Or. Yep. The Green Lantern. Billy Billy because
0: I read Green Lantern, so Paul.
1: Well, which book would I more likely pick up is probably a Billy Tan book because it'll remind me of, you know, the superhero comic books that I like.
0: John, was I wrong with stating that?
1: Uh no, I think I think you're right on.
0: And that's just because those are the books that we read, and we both like those other artists, and have nothing against either one of them. But
1: absolutely, there's absolutely nothing against those. Because I mean, Bill Tan, I like I said, like first thing out of the gate was that guy draws the (laughs) (laughs) the perfect Hell Jordan, and it's how I see Hell Jordan now, and it's not just (laughs) because he's been drawing it, and that's the last Green Lantern book I read, but I mean. Ethan Van Sciver had a great one. Um, the whole like light spectrum, Jeff Johns run. Whoever was on the art for that, I can't think of his name. Did a great job drawing Hal
0: Jordan. Well, it was it was different between every chapter. Like each different color was almost someone else handling it. Um, Billy Tan was the one that was on the Orange Lantern, the Agent Orange art.
1: <laughs> that's one of my favorite ones. So. Yeah. Of course, uh, of course. Uh, you know, what? Uh, wait, <laughs> you know Sean, what? You know what? I I gotta go. Build, <laughs> I gotta go. Bill Tan then. Yeah, but uh, Sean Murphy writes a comic book and draws a comic book called Punk Rock Jesus. I'm on his Would, website right now. Yeah, just, did you read it? No, I'm on his website right now, just uh, scrolling no, through some uh, Sean, of the pages. Sean Murphy, I I just really enjoy how he does his art. Um, I think I shared on on oh, the there it is on our Facebook. Page. Oh no! Those are I sent those for the next pairing of Rafael Albuquerque versus Juan Friera. Huh.
0: I I just whoever of this matchup moves ahead, I am more than okay with. It's like,
1: give me this nightmares. Is, um,
0: this is that matchup for no, me. Like, but I I, I I respect them both. I actually I have a Sean Murphy Batman sketch in my sketchbook that I take conventions. Right?
1: I I I want that. You you
0: can't have it. It was the first one I got when I got my new book.
1: Ooh. In fact, it's it's so good that he, even Chris doesn't see it because the pages now stick together. <laughs> uh, but, no, but I'm going to stay with that, Sean. That's why Murphy. I'm okay with throwing this over
0: to Paul though. Yeah, putting him in the hot seat there.
1: I, well, I already I Paul. Already went. I, I said that Billy Tan because he draws the you know more superhero books that I would probably end up picking up. Versus Sean Murphy that does books like Punk Rock Jesus. Uh, but he did in Hellblazers. City uh, of he's done Batman. The he Barbarian. did Batman with uh, that one Batman annual. He's done Bla- Batman Black and White. He's awake. He, he did the wake. Um, but no, I I have no problem with Bill Tan going on. We did.
0: All right, Paul, you're Mr. Brackett, so where do we go next?
1: Uh, we would go up to or to the independent now. Uh, that would be Raphael Albuquerque versus Juan Ferreira. Uh, and I shared you guys, I didn't know if you guys were able to look up any of his art, but I did just share. Yeah, I don't know who Juan Ferreira is. So. Um, he's on Dark Horse's Colder right now. Um, he's been doing a lot of covers uh, over at DC. Um, he did some Hellblazer. Or Constantine. um, What's the uh, if you Justice seen, League Dark? If you've seen any DC cover that's going to give you a Nightmare, Chris, that was Juan Ferreira. Juan, Juan Ferreira definitely is... Nightmare feel. ...one of the better horror-style artists that are out there. That, and I shared some of his crazy, over-the-top picks. I can definitely show you some more, you know more tied back but with the colder book it is about this kind of nightmarish world and i think he captures that um very very well um uh, probably up there like every time i read one of those books i'm like wow like this is this is dark this is a nightmare that this guy is just drawn and i think he captures that but then can also have something just really, really peaceful looking. And when he needs to draw, you know, the sane, uh, because definitely in the Colder book, that's where I know him from, there's the insane and then the sane, and the sane is kind of our, our normal world. And he captures that with, you know, puppy dogs and doves flying and little boys with balloons. He can do that as well, but it's the fact that he can draw this nightmare kind of world and really just make a nightmare that you would be scared of. I think he does a great job.
0: I I was kind of looking at the artwork that you had sent over, Um, and he's someone that I could easily see over at Vertigo on a book like Sandman or Lucifer, dealing with that kind of like creepier, kind of like get-under-your-skin Artwork, so seeing him on a Dark Horse book with a colder makes sense because Dark Horse loves to do their horror stuff, and it's it's not something that I've read before, but I will definitely check it out.
1: Paul won't. Paul Jenkins said no. Nope. nope. Yeah, Nightmare feel. Hey,
0: you're okay. Paul doesn't like the spooky. Um, <laughs>
2: nope.
0: So it's kind of. It's kind of tough to put him up against Raphael Albuquerque though,
2: Who yeah. also does nightmare
0: fuel with a lot of horror stuff. Yeah, so that's why but, they're grouped together. I don't know. I love seeing Albuquerque's work on uh, American Vampire, Which and then when he was doing cool. the backup stuff in the back of Scott Snyder's Batman, <laughs> he he just has a great style that it fits in any comic book and then he can just amp up that creepiness when he needs to yeah so this is this is a tough pick and when you were kind of talking about uh ferreira i was i was listening to you because he's an artist that i'm not familiar with enough to say like oh yeah definitely or even just to give him the edge over albuquerque but everything you said i can I can definitely see in, like, those couple pages that you sent over.
1: Yeah, and it was only, what, like, three or four that I sent? Yeah, it was,
0: like, a, a couple pages and then the cover.
1: The cover, yeah. That that cover is the thing that made me want to pick up the series, because I was like, that is a f- <laughs> that is freaky looking. It's a man wearing a, a fedora with a face made of fingers. Yep. And uh, that man is known as the Swivel. Uh, And he harvests fingers. I've also done that dance. That was the big dance craze Mm, of five years ago, right? The swivel? The swivel. Uh, But Raphael Albuquerque is one of the absolute reasons why I think American Vampire is such an amazing book. Um, The art matches the tone of that writing so perfectly. And that kind of sketchiness, rawness that he brings to that book is absolutely what it needs. Um, and both of these guys are people that when I made my list, I was like, all right, indie books, I have to have this guy and this guy on there because I think they're absolutely fantastic at what they do. Um, both. And when I saw them paired up against each other, I was like, yeah, two horror artists like that. Perfect. It's a, it's a perfect match. Um, and I'm going to give it to Juan. Ferrera just because I figure he's probably going to lose because he's not as known, but I definitely want to put it out there because I think his style his style is great he captures exactly what needs to be made and does it perfectly yeah it definitely stands out he also did the the cover for uh Batman eternal number forty seven with hush holding Alfred, Alfred. Over the ledge in it when Alfred's tied yeah. up in the chair. I think it is the cover after that too. Wow. Um, you know, and I was on Google image doing the search and like, he's done some soft images of like, sh- Supergirl flying through, uh, the Smallville, like, welcome to Smallville sign and everything like that, but. Nope, most of it is just, Paul's not sleeping tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with, uh, Raphael Albuquerque because, uh, you know, I enjoyed the Scott Snyder work quite a bit. Well, oh, that's cute and everything, but there's still some creepiness. I'm expecting that guy to have like things crawl out of his eyeballs. Oh man, it's funny that you said that, Paul. Let me show you this image because <laughs> things are crawling out of his eyeballs. Ah, it's his finger coming out of his eyeball. Oh, um, that guy's creepy. Juan for era, you're just have too go creepy.
0: Raphael Albuquerque, and as much as I liked. Scott Snyder's work on Image Comics, which is with Jock, it just didn't grab me the same way. And I think a lot of that was because of the art. And American Vampire, right from the get-go, that book hooked me. And a lot of it is just because that artwork is just so vibrant and pops out. Uh I'm looking forward to seeing more from Juan Ferreira, but Raphael Albuquerque, just...
1: And uh I'm I'm absolutely fine with that. Alright, we're gonna jump over to the Marvel side, but not before we pour our next beer. And that next beer is the Sierra Nevada Bigfoot 2013 Barley wine. Which is even more barley whiny. Mm-hmm. But a very drinkable barley whiny. This one goes down, I think, yeah. a lot smoother. It does have the heat on the tongue from the alcohol still but it doesn't have the burn down the gullet so definitely still lets you know that it's a beer dr- but yeah. you're drinking a uh, almost 10% beer but very smooth mm-hmm. like that malty has even like lowered a little bit nice dryness like on the tongue at the end it's all barley on the tongue at the end it's it's everything else is gone except for the barley taste that barley yeah. wine flavor it's exactly what
0: the good thing about the Bigfoot Ale, whatever you want from your beer, it has it. You just might need to wait a little bit to get it out of there.
1: It's finally ready. Like if you want it,
0: yeah. If you want it hoppy, <laughs> drink it when you get it. If yeah. You want a little bit maltier, sit on it for a year. If you want a good balance, and then you get that barley one, you wait two years. But I, I think the thirteen is my favorite.
1: Yes, definitely. Um. I think the only like I would buy 2016s only to have <laughs> in, 2000, a, in, a, in 2019. <laughs> um, but no, definitely. I I mean, we have two more bottles of 13 down there. I'm fine with putting another year on it. Mm-hmm. 14 will be the two bottles of 14 we have downstairs will be delicious. The three bottles of 15 will be good and. Next year, you know, like, it's definitely something that I don't mind buying and cellaring because we know that in a couple years we're going to have a great sipping, Mm -hmm. drinking beer. And the thing is, Uh, cellaring beer just makes sense. I'm sorry, Chris, you probably actually have a valid point. Go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say, I'm okay with sitting on those bottles and then, like, flying up and splitting one bottle of the 13, one bottle of the 14, just so we can... Make that second bottle last until the next
1: year. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I mean, and I was, I was very kind to send you with a, a 2013 and a 2014 to say like, Hey, take these for the when 15 comes out.
0: Yeah. Oh, pat on the back for John.
1: <laughs> hey, it's not like you can get these every year.
0: Uh, no, but when I went into my um, local gourmet beer store and I saw they had the 15, like I grabbed it right away. I was like, guys they have it like go find it because i really wanted to try the 13 and the 14
1: uh yeah de- yeah definitely and i'm glad like it wasn't those oh i forgot i drank them. sorry guys they were good um I, so i'm glad we, I, did th-
0: I did think about doing that for that otter creek russian uh
1: russian imperial stuff that i have right especially since they're not releasing one this year yep you know <laughs> or so maybe bad. ever again yeah.
0: Otter Creek, why wouldn't you make it?
1: That, Otter Creek, that was the beer I bought from you. I like their black exactly. IPA. The it black so IPA. Pipe porters are pretty good too. No, well, John, you told me that they just mislabeled the stovepipe porter and we're calling we're selling it as a black IPA. <laughs> let's not, <laughs> let's not mince hairs here.
0: They, they added a little bit more water to it called
1: <laughs> the <a> black <laughs> IPA. Uh what I was gonna say is uh selling beers just makes sense. If you're like, Oh, but really guys, you really think you're gonna drink those beers in three years? Hey, even if the apocalypse happens, I now have beer to trade for food and protection Mm -hmm. in my cellar. Or Or it's just one crazy night. (laughs) I'm gonna let it all go. I'm gonna drink I'm gonna drink that beer. And pop some sleeping pills and just Go off into the it's sunset. Gonna be, yep.
0: It's going to be the night before the apocalypse for Paul, though. He's going like, to have a bad day and then like drink everything, and then he's going to wake up. End of the
2: world.
1: <laughs> and that's fine, because I'd be miserable anyways, and I'd just put myself up. You know the parents in uh, 28 Days Later, when they just take a bunch of sleeping pills and be like, I'm sorry, we're leaving you in this horrible world? That's me. I'm the kind of person that... As soon as the apocalypse ha- happens,
0: no that that I'm, moment didn't stick with me from the movie,
1: Paul. I am dead in bed. <laughs> <laughs> Paul got to that point and like most reasonable choice. Don't need to see the rest of the movie. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm good there. I mean, all these yep. other survivors just are stupid. They should have taken the way. I mean, try to survive against the dead. They're the dead. You can't kill them. I, you can't kill them. They're already dead. The thing is, I understand if they were shambling, but these guys can run. No, thank you. I'm out. Where's this, my barbiturates? This seems thank like you. this seems like a lot of work. I'm gonna have to do more than what the boys make me do for this podcast. I'm done. done. I'm done. Out. So my Steve's wife's gonna ask me to do a lot of shit that I don't want to do. <laughs> Sleeping pills. I'm done.
0: So, talking about who else is done, let's head into the Martian Madness bracket on the Marvel side.
1: Steve McNiven and Russell Daltman. Okay, over on the Marvel side, going from top all the way to bottom, we have Steve McNiven as number one because he's one of my long-term favorites. And if you guys say he isn't number one, well, screw you. I put the bracket together. I say he's probably one of the biggest names on this list. Number two yeah. for Marvel is Humberto Ramos. Number three, Chris Somney. Number four, Isab Ribic. Number five, Adrian Alfona. Alfona. And number six, Russell Daugherman. And then independent work, we have number two, Fiona Staples versus the number three, Jamie McKelvey. Um, what I think is a little interesting is like Chris Somney, who was our winner last year, is number three. You know why? Because Steve McNiven is my favorite. Because Steve so McNiven He's is number Alright, but he's still not number two. <laughs> Yeah, because Humberto Ramos is awesome also. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you want to change it? You want to change it? You want no no no, 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 no. It's fine. No, no, no. I, mean, I already have okay. it written down. It's already written down the way it is. I just thought it was interesting already, that, the, that the winner of last year was already like... Well, because Daredevil was canceled. And then brought back the same month. Yeah, but he's... They, it was going to go all just digital, but then it never did, and now it's, he's still—he no, he's still great. But honestly, is any of us are any of us reading Daredevil right now? I thought you were. Right? Are you? No. Oh. But I was waiting for that the moment thing, like... where I download all the books that you bought and then read them. I know. Sorry. Now sorry, I, I have to. That's... Now I have to start buying them, Paul. Well, see, that's why he's number three, not number one. <laughs> I know. He's a and that's
0: what bothers me about Daredevil because it just kept going. I would have kept on
1: buying it. Mm-hmm. But you were buying digital.
0: Yeah. But then they canceled it.
1: They cancelled it but and then made it just all digital. They they ended the thing. they ended the print but just went digital, right?
0: But when that, that was, I don't yeah, even know but if when that, that was happened. going on. I was still buying print copies.
1: Yeah. Mm. And he moved to ago. San Francisco. Anyways. Anyways. Steve McNiven. Niven. Writer of Old Man, or drawler of Old Man Logan. What did he do this year? What was uh, Death of Wolverine? Oh, right. Death of Wolverine. And Russell Douderman from Thor. Uh, namely, the uh, new... He took over from Esau Ribbick uh, to do <coughs> Lady Thor, or just Thor. Uh, Paul, uh, talk up your Steve McNiven. I do enjoy just how realistic everything he does with... Uh, just photorealistic, just gives a real weighty sense without feeling stiff. Steve McNiven does, uh, not the greatest with backgrounds, we'll say. Usually just kind of bland backgrounds. But, uh, I don't know. But versus Russell Baldwin, I'm reading more. Russell Baldwin, that's it's just <laughs> we more. to sell Steve McNiven. I, <laughs> I think Steve McNiven is is a great artist. And when you see his work, you go. Yep. That's it. Mivan Page. But but you go, Wow. And some of the details that he does go into, maybe not in the background, but in the foreground, mm-hmm. in that face, when he was drawing Captain America on that Captain America book with Brubaker, it was like wow, like the intricate little folds of Cap's suit and his uh scale mail and all that stuff was like Can I just wow. interject with a uh convention story? We were uh Chris and I were in line. And somebody asked for Spider-Man to be drawn. And McNiven wanted uh he he sketched it all out and it was gonna fill in all that little web work. And he stopped and he's like, Somebody show me Spider-Man. I can't remember if the webbings like how they start, like from the middle. Like, do they go in? And where do they start is there like a and he's like that detail oriented where he wouldn't even do a convention sketch real quick without making sure he was doing it exactly right and on model uh remember when we uh the sketch off between him and van skyver, and he's like, uh show me I need to see a picture of two face real quick <laughs> mm-hmm. like what There's so like, just half uh, like which, literally which right half down is
0: the, the like the messed up one <laughs> yeah.
1: and he was also this is what was interesting, is he was done with his picture and then just detailed the shit out of it when Ethan Van Skyver was still he's like, We got like four or five minutes, like what are you doing? Like I'm taking my time and, with
0: here, this. In in Ethan Van Skyver's defense, he was talking about toy commercials <laughs> from the nineteen eighties. Yeah. yeah.
1: That he was distracted he was, him from drawing. He was also making it entertaining where Steve McNiven said nothing to you and just which is weird, I'm done. because McNiven was a high school artist up in Canada for the longest time. And um we think he would and, be able to talk to a crowd.
0: I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, John, because I know you were trying to get back to it, but at the same time, when Paul and I went and got that sketch, because, Paul, you actually got a thing sketch yes. from him. This was like the last, no, it was the second last day of the convention. Mm-hmm. Steve McNiven was in like a small room, under the main floor and doing free sketches for people. Because
1: he was on Marvel Knights Four. This is before, this is before, before he was anything famous.
0: This previous work This is what this launched was him was over at Crushin where he did Meridian. So mm-hmm. he wasn't like a huge artist at this point. Yeah. And he still had that dedication. Like the year after that um
2: he, uh, he God, got onto Silver War.
0: I wish I had this page because I bought a Steve McNiven page for my then girlfriend for like $45. Yeah, the Meridian page. Yeah, it was a Meridian page. And the idea of buying a Steve McNiven page for $45 just boggles my mind now because if you want a sketch from him, just like a quick head sketch. You're going to have to wait in line and then pay like 60 bucks for it.
1: Um, and the one thing I do have to say about Steve McNiven, on the negative
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, is sometimes his stuff seems a little rushed. I mm-hmm. mean, in in the old... in the
0: old- Well, it's because yeah. he has that guy from the convention being like, you need to finish it up. You got to go. You got to
1: go. <laughs> uh, Paul remembers that. Yep. But in the Death of Wolverine, there's some pa- some of the some of the panels were like wow, and then some of them were like mm, did he like smudge this picture when he was doing it? I mean, not everything. And I, 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 again, sometimes the characters gra- can look granted similar. Granted like it, it, the guy, I can't even draw a fraction of how good he draws. But I mean, breaking this down, sometimes some of the stuff seems a little rushed. And I think when you want to buy one of his, buy one of the books that he's on, you gotta pay a little more money for it. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, and He's deserves that be
0: kind of. Yeah. This is gonna be what sways me too, because if you're reading a Steve McNiven book, it's going to be a limited series. It's a mini series. Mm-hmm. He's not that person that's on that monthly book anymore. Russell Dodderman, though.
1: Even when Steve he McNiven is. was on a monthly book, it was never monthly because they would double ship him. Because he would be done. He he well, would yeah. crank it out when uh, he would do what it. What about that the end of his run on Captain America? The last issue, half of it, a whole new writer or a whole uh, new, new artist, artist takes over. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. It was really bizarre because it was like mid-picture. <laughs> and like somebody like finished it. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? What just happened here? What is going on with this book? And I'm like looking at it and they're like, two artists? Why would they do it there though? It was really bizarre. Alright, guys. Uh, But I think we talked how great Steve McNiven is. Uh, But I'm going to put my vote behind Russell uh, Dodderman. I think what he's doing over on uh, Thor is actually better than what uh, Essek Ribbon did. I think it has a little more flow to it. I think everything about it is just one step better when I was like, oh wow, Essek Ribbick's really doing a really great job in this book. And then I was like, that's not him. This guy is doing a better job than Rivek. Paul doesn't like that. No, it's just different because with Aesop Rivek, it was a more paintedly style. It felt more it's still very it, painted. It felt more uh, fantasy novel. A fantasy comic esque with Esau Ribic's art versus Russell Dodderman, which is like that journeyman, like what I would expect when I open up a superhero comic. Yeah, you know, like it's, like a dude ripping off a guy's arm and wearing it as a yeah. uh, cape, and mm-hmm. then you That's know, in the like script. That's uh, not the artist. Uh, freaking. Yeah, but yeah, but. The trolls Troll, look awesome. Drawing it, yeah, the yeah, trolls the look Frost, awesome. frost, frost trolls uh, look like frost trolls. And then there's trolls. like, oh, hey, everybody from Asgard is just sitting on the moon looking at Thor. Like, make this interesting. Nothing fantasy about that. What I'm saying is the style of art feels more like superhero comics with Russell in versus what I thought was like really good Isabrevic fantasy. Almost just high. high and, it's like those high. paintings, like when you're mm. reading and you're reading like a a novel, a fantasy novel, <laughs> and you see like, yeah, okay, I can see. Okay, I get where you're going. That's where. i And I and I think Dauterman just he does a great job. I think he does a great job too. Just it's a different take. I don't think it's I. I and that's why I have a hard time. I don't compare Isabrevic with uh, Russell Dauterman, and I hope we don't have to. Because that would be horrible for Oh, me. no, he's going to lose to Chris <laughs> 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 but, uh, Yeah. But, yeah, Chris, who do you pick on, on this fight? Um, I, I love Steve
0: McInneson at work, and I always look back fondly to that convention that we were at, where he stayed there after the convention hours, drawing for the people that were in line, because, no, I'm here, I'm drawing for people. This is what I'm going to do. And... When he's on a book, he he does knock it out. Mm-hmm. But I don't foresee him being on that book that I'm reading monthly because <laughs> it's a monthly book ever again. It's going to be that book that's monthly for four issues because it's a limited series, and then it's done. And he's on to the next book like four months later because he's had a head start. Russell Dodderman? I'm not the biggest Thor fan ever, but when I saw his name on the list, I was like, oh, that's the guy that's writing Thor, right? Or drawing Thor.
1: I think you asked that twice. Yeah? <laughs> on my list, you're like, I don't know who that is. And then when Paul put his list up, you're like, is that the guy on Thor?
0: Oh, no. I, w- I was asking about someone else. I don't remember who it was. Oh. It might have been um Juan Ferreira. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. Uh I don't I I could look back, but... I don't know, I I really enjoy the artwork on Thor. Um, While well, I don't think it's at that level that Steve Niven's at, you get it a little bit more consistently,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which I think gives it a little bit of an edge there. I'd rather have a consistent artist who can get the workout on time versus a strong, consistent artist who you get every other month. If that. So I go Russell Dodderman.
1: Alright, so that's two for Dodderman. Uh I do really want to throw it to McNiven, but Dodderman's actually the book that I'm buying, and when I come to this bracket I'm like, I gotta always go with what I'm actually <laughs> did, voting with my wallet with first. Did you finish reading Old Man or uh no. Death of Wolverine? No. Okay. And that's was, why and also because yeah, it was three 99 I bought for no I bought uh, that. it was four ninety nine yeah for no reason and Chris bought them all so what are you completing well <laughs> <about? laughs> still not good but it was
0: it was a great looking book it was i I knew that was all I was getting from McNiven for this year so
1: and uh, you know vote for you know vote with my wallet first, then go with you know what i've what book that I would actually pick up that they're on, and then like just google search it. Don't look at. Who, I already started. Oh, who you start. out oh, that's what your stars mean. Okay, but Don't anyway,s those. we're going down to our <laughs> number two versus number five, and these are both cartoony artists because I'm a jerk that puts these two together. Roberto no, I... Ramos versus Adrian Alfana. El... 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 Uh, and Adrian Alfana is like, I looked up his artwork before I re looked up Humberto Ramos because I already know that I love. Roberto Ramos artwork, Uh, since Chris, I think in high school, showed me Crimson. Crimson.
0: I still love Crimson.
1: And I was like, whoa. And his art has only gotten better since Crimson. But Adrian uh, Alfona... Alfona?
0: Yeah, I've always said Adrian Alfona.
1: Is a, 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 a match. I mean, he does do that same kind of art. And I was like... Boy, I really like this. It's gonna kind of hard to beat. And then I looked at Herberto Ramos's art again and I was like, No. Herberto <laughs> wins. Cause it's like, oh, it's my little brother. He's he he's an artist too, but I'm Herberto Ramos. I do it better. Uh Herberto Ramos uh, doing your Spider-Man Chris and Adrian Alfona doing your Miss Marvel. So And and
0: that's that's where it gets tough because Humberto Ramos fantastic artwork. Like Crimson's one of my all time favorite comic books, even if it's not that great.
1: You had those um, statues too at one time.
0: I, I do, I I still have them. And there's more that I still want to get, in, and I will find at a convention for like five bucks somewhere because nobody cares about that book besides me. Um Humberto Ramos was that artist when I was getting back into comics. I was a comic fan growing up into the nineties stopped for a while. And then early two thousands got back into it. And what Humberto Ramos was doing over on Crimson was just so different from everything else that you had seen in the nineties. Cause it was all very much that Jim Lee style that I instantly took note of it because it was just so bright and expressive. And there was that fun to it. Um, and then it gets tough because Adrian Afona I know from Miss Marvel and Runaways. And Runaways will always be one of my favorite comic books, much like Crimson. But the difference between the two is Runaways had such heart to it. And you see that in the characters. And I feel like that's part of what made Miss Marvel work. Yes, a lot of it was in the writing from G. Willow Wilson, which is what propelled her through the writer's bracket last week. Definitely. But so much of it is like in the character themselves. And you can read a character in a comic book or a novel and get the feeling, but having them portrayed that way through the art is what really sells it when you read a comic book. And I just think... Adrian nails that. And he's one of those artists that we've seen at multiple conventions. I have two sketches from him in my sketchbook. And both times I was there, I was like, man, I wish I could be recording this for the podcast. But he's such like a low-key, quiet talker that none of that would read on microphone. But he doesn't need to be read on microphone because it's all in the artwork. So that's why we'll give it to Adrian Alfona.
1: And I went Herberto Ramos, Paul. You're tie. You're tie. You're the Thai guy. You, this is what We're you love doing. Time. I am the Thai guy, and uh, I just pulled down my sketchbook because I'm like, I think I'm pretty sure I have an Adrian Alfona. He's got sketchbook. half. He's got half the list of <laughs> got in half there. the bracket <laughs> in my sketchbook. Not really, but uh, would it would awesome have been awesome. Do you have an Adrian Alphona? Yeah, I do. Nico. What do you have? Nico, from Runaways.
0: Oh, see, I have a Nico and a Molly.
1: But, I don't but, don't know what but one of the best sketches in there is his uh, Carl, Carl Kershaw uh, Impulse. Oh, see, I <laughs> yeah. have
0: a Carl Kershaw Flash.
1: See? uh, So Adrian Alphona is uh, moving on. There we go. Boom.
0: And this is one of the, again, this is one of those picks where I'm a fan of whichever one moves on, and I will champion them until the end. Mm-hmm. So I, I have no winner in this race. Yeah.
1: Well, Chris Somni is definitely an artist that I loved forever, uh, back when he was doing, uh, what was it, Mighty? The Mighty?
0: Yeah, with, uh, Pete Tomasi.
1: Yeah, and, uh, Esau Brebeck is heard artist that we were brought to from Friend of the Show, Steve. Yeah. Uh, with Thor. And so this is God tough. God of Thunder. God, yeah, Thor, God of Thunder fame. Uh, but I'm still leaning more, I just love that. Darwin Cook, Chris Somney. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, I do too, and he's he's one artwork. of the only artists on this list that are in that kind of style this year. Last year we had a couple more who were very close. Um, oh the guy that started Daredevil.
2: That uh, one, Paulo uh, Paolo Rivera Paolo Rivera. Paolo
1: Rivera was very, yeah. Um, I think does Paulo Rivera versus Chris Omni, Paulo Rivera for me. Oh yeah, just because Chris Omni does a little too much with the everything in shadow <laughs> and just doing the outlines and just doing everything. Whatever what are having Paulo Rivera? He's Where's that, that guy? guy? <laughs> he's spending three. He's probably helping his dad build motorcycles. But his dad, his dad <laughs> won an Eisner Award for inking his pictures. <laughs> That's great. Uh, it's a great story. Chris Omni is definitely the winner on this list, but Sig Ribbit is awesome. When he had old Thor fighting old Galactus, it was just just amazingly beautiful artwork, and it was something that I mean i have I have comic book pages hanging in my house, basically because. I got a deal on them, and it has characters that I really love in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I got a great deal on them. And you also gave your great deal to your great girlfriend, because that's where like how you got them actually hanging up in your house. I showed up the other day, and uh, like my watercolors of um uh Andy Lee were just hanging up, and I was, was like, mess. oh, they're in the living room. Thank you, sweetheart. Can we put these ones in the dining room? <laughs> uh but. His artwork is amazing, and it's something that deserves to be hung on somebody's wall, because they are just breathtakingly beautiful. Uh, I mean, and just, and just in that fight between him and Galactus, but everything else is awesome in what he does. And, I think I'm actually, I'm gonna give it to Essex Ribbon, because just thinking back about how, I mean, everything, Wild Hunt, how that how that looked how he can distinguish between three different Thors and granted one's got a beard and a metal arm Uh, (laughs) the other one has really long hair and the other one's wearing a helmet yeah you know but I mean you can still tell that there's a difference between each one of these characters Mm -hmm. there's a maturity level that keeps moving up and those books just are amazing they're they are a work of art Mm -hmm. Chris or should I go um <laughs> you just yeah. went and said Chris Somni. Yeah. Somni Somni Somni. So Chris, Did, go uh, ahead.
0: Okay, you went Somni? <laughs> yeah. I I will also have to go with Chris Somni because he reads the kind of comic books that I or he writes or draws the comic books that I want to read.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: everything about his it, it speaks to me and it is because it's that stark almost flat artwork. With the stark blacks, I I love it. Um, I follow him over on Tumblr, and every day he posts like quick sketches that he does as like his warm ups. And with every single one of those, I'm like, I want to see him draw this character. I I need more of this. But this is just like the bullshit that he's doing to be like, oh, let me let me break my comic book before I actually get into the nitty gritty. And nothing against Isadorevic, because, like you said, John, he does artwork. It's just artwork that happens to be in a comic book. Yeah. But sometimes when I'm reading a comic book, though, I, I just want it to be
2: a
1: comic book
0: off the page mm-hmm. fun. And I get that from Chris Omni.
1: Well, definitely, and and that's one of the reasons Chris Omni propelled himself to the number one spot. Last year. Yeah.
0: Oh, I I would still kill to see him on the Doctor Strange book. Yeah.
1: Uh, talking about getting it, strange, strange with our
0: work. Written by Scott Snyder, because that was my overall pick.
1: <laughs> uh, talking about getting strange with our work, we got Fiona Sta- uh, Staples and then uh, Jamie McKelvey. Um, both characters who can do great fantasy work and also bring it in and do a yeah, little more serious human stories yeah real serious and Fiona Staples her artwork just keeps getting better on um Saga from looking at, if you look at that first issue to now 28 that just came out i think it just keeps getting better and she keeps being able to deliver um the artwork and it just Pops out of that page, like the choices of colors and everything. She does her all her own lettering. She does it an amazing, amazing job. And there's a reason why they take a couple, a couple months off between the big story arcs. Um, and Jamie McCovey is just crisp, clean, amazing looking book. And again, colors that pop that work so well with, with that book. Whatever he's working on. I think
0: this is a good indie matchup because they both kind of stand alone. But then when you put them up against each other, it's a little bit more of a hard pick and it's exactly for those reasons that you noted. Um, They both can draw great characters. But I think Fiona Staples can dwell a little bit more on that fantastic realm. Jamie McKelvey, I think, draws just a little bit more from life, no matter what. Like every character he draws, I could see walking around the mall, and that breathes life in that character because it's believable. But at the same time, like you have you know Sables drawing cyclopses and
1: dudes with horns,
0: dudes dudes with horns wearing bandages across their face. And then a seal-wearing waiters.
2: <laughs> but they all fit that, on eh? the same page. <laughs> you know?
0: And then in the bottom corner you have a a robot with a TV forehead. But it still all works amongst each other. And with Jamie McKelvey, everything he does is so believable, whether you're dealing with superheroes or gods over on Wicked and Divine. I don't see him being able to draw some of that crazy outlandish stuff and have it read as part of the same
1: story. Remember that uh, the book that he wrote and drew, *Suburban Glamour*. *Suburban Glamour*. That kind of had the same feel. I wouldn't say it, it was had you, the same feel, but your
0: it was very like *Midsummer Night's Dream* with like. Fairies
1: and stuff. And it, I was going to say it's still it's still pretty grounded in the real world, but he did have that kind of mystical thing. And uh, I have to say, Chris, the way you described Fiona Staples' arts, you totally flipped me to who I was really? going to vote for. It. Yeah, because I'm a fan of both of these people's arts. Yeah, your stars mean nothing, John. I could have looked at know. your list. And I you voted clips I voted Chris Somney, and then me talking about Mystic Ribbit. I was like, oh yeah, no, that guy. So now it's now Fiona Staples. That's who you're going with. That's who I'm going with. And I, I Chris, I you went Jamie with Fiona. Sta- you're going with Fiona uh, Staples. I, I too want Fiona yeah, Staples. You know,
0: but like I love both of these artists.
1: Yeah, they're both great, and uh, I'm going to go with Jamie McAlvey. Hey, because uh, he deserves at least one of our votes because he he does he does do yeah. comic books that we will read and want to read. Flip the flip me. You flipped me out. Right. Let's get hey, going here. You, Alright. You're
0: welcome, and I look forward to the day where I can get a Jamie McKelvey sketch in my sketchbook.
1: So, right. are we going, uh, Bill Tan versus Raphael Albuquerque? No, no, we're going Greg Capullo versus Billy Tan. Oh, okay. Oh. Greg Capullo versus Billy Tan. Uh, I gotta go Greg Capullo. Yeah. I, I, you know, they're both very good, uh, comic book artists, but right now, Greg Capullo's doing seminal work versus really solid. Billy Tan work, you know, really solid green lantern work, but I don't know if it's seminal.
0: No, it's it's still really solid, but what seals the deal for me is if you say like, okay, a book you don't care about. Wh- whatever comic book title it is, relaunching with this artist on art. Who's going to sell you more on it, Billy Tan or Greg Capullo? And based off of what we got from Batman Great
1: pool, man. No. no question. So then Carl Kerschel versus Raphael Albuquerque. Yep. And my vote is definitely with Carl Kerschel. I have his sketch. <laughs> <laughs> uh that won't his art won't give me nightmares, but will fill me with energy and love and uh all things great and bright and shiny. So definitely go in carl Carl Yep, I, I definitely really enjoy even his zombies would be full of life. They would be. Um I gotta go Raphael Albuquerque that I love a little bit of Dark and Macabre. And um, with his new series, it's an indie series, 8, that he writes and draws. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, a great feel. It's about space and uh, going through the wrong wormhole and losing contact with his station.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not vampires, it's not horror, but it still has a really great look that, Fits the tone of that book. Time travel, space, outer space, not vampires, still has a great tone to it. Uh, Gotta go with Raphael Albuquerque. Chris, who do you have Uh, uh... a sketch from? (laughs) Yeah, but... (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, I'm trying to to (laughs) influence (laughs) it. He's never been to a show where Raphael Albuquerque has been, and he just popped up in the last couple years.
0: True. But... Paul, when you were saying Kara Kershal, like I went back to the same argument that won him that battle before, because I, I think both of these people, they pop off the page. They know what they're doing well enough to make it stand out. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to give it over to Kara Kershaw. Yeah. Because every single character that he's he can draw over in uh, Gotham Academy. They all stand out on their own. Mm-hmm. They just, I, I can visualize every single one of them in my mind right now. And it could be because it's a little bit cartoonier, brighter storytelling style, but it works. And nothing against uh, Raphael Albuquerque, but man, Carl Kirshel just that almost a mess of the it sells that
1: you want it up? all right well let's let's finish off DC sorry john okay. don't no, hate me no, no i don't hate you. no i no. no, trust me i don't i don't hate you seminal uh, works <laughs> greg capolo versus great full of life new fresh carl kershaw uh i i think he's going to win 3 years in a row i capolo <laughs> Th- those I cannot, when I see a Batman book is coming out, I'm ecstatic. I'm like, I cannot wait. And when the one Joker book came out where he's sitting in a throne made out of people, I was like, oh, (laughs) fuck, I cannot wait to read this book. And I'm not let down by anything that happens in that book. Mm -hmm. And it is just, it's got great detail, the color, and I know that he's not coloring the book, but... Mm -hmm he's working with that colorist and, but the book just pops in every aspect. It pops. Mm -hmm. And it's just amazing. Chris. I see John's
0: statement about Greg Capullo. I, I love Kyra Kirschel, but I lament who is, Coming on,
1: like, <laughs> Batman! After oh, it's going to matter what it's going to be a drop off. They got to cancel it's, the book, right? <laughs> I mean, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo leave; it's done. Well, the thing is, I think they're trying to do everybody a favor by putting them in that stupid mech suit.
0: Well, here, okay, I was going <laughs> to what up I mean too, because
2: like,
0: after we talked about this um, last week, I looked at the Batman art mm-hmm. for Batman in the rabbit suit, and. I saw Greg Capullo's take on. I was like, Ugh, "How does it still work?"
2: <laughs> because
0: I've seen him draw Batman. I've seen him draw. You've seen Rabbit, him draw Batman, a... Batman, but and then I thought back to like that crazy like Hulkbuster
2: mm-hmm. Batman suit.
0: armor when he was fighting against like the, the Justice uh, League. The... And I was like, Court of the "It's Owls. all great. Oh, it well, works."
1: He's got another suit to fight against the Justice League. <laughs>
0: yeah, I and and that Greg Capullo like. You can just throw him a no and be like, "Oh no! From now on, Batman needs to have this and this and this." And he'll be like, "All right,
1: all right. And it just... Let me let me comb my mustache and <laughs> color it in even darker than before. And now I can draw you a Batman rabbit suit. <laughs> it it works. So that's Greg Capullo. Paul dissenting vote. Carl Kershaw. More full oh. of life. And it's oh, just, it? there's, wait, there's so just much. because I don't want to, I will always give it to the underdog if it's locked up with a the vote that I am not yeah, upset with here's it at the all. the thing, though, I mean, Greg, <laughs> I, I'm happy, no, Greg Fula deserves to win. <laughs> <laughs> but it does, my vote doesn't matter, so therefore, Greg, well, it's like, I am the, I, hey, I guess think what? I are too
0: nice of a podcast You we t- like, well, this person's not winning. But I still want to talk about them. Uh, They're only on this list because we all
2: like them to be yeah. with.
1: I am the uh, <laughs> home version of the game we're playing. So Carl uh, Kerschel, right. you might have not won the bracket, but you get to take home the Creator Craze bracket hey, he, home version. He got number two. Like that's yeah. still great. Still great. That's really good. Especially since it's like it's a book that you wouldn't expect to be like, oh yeah, Gotham Academy. Two character, two comic book uh, artists that I would love to seeing on any superhero work right now, and that's Russell Dauterman and Chris Somni over at Marvel.
0: Oh, this is this is a tough one though.
1: Uh for me, it's not so tough. I'm always going to go with Chris Somni on really? art. If there's a book with Chris Somni on art, I'll probably pick it up no matter what character. Squirrel Girl. I, uh, I it feel up. the same way about. Chris Somni, but I also feel the same way now about Russell Dodderman. I've yeah. completely off my radar, but now I've been like, wow. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I okay. want to see this guy in any kind of fantasy book. I mean, uh, give me a Dr. Fate book drawn by this and, guy, and I will absolutely love it. And I, if you're going Somni, I'm going ha <laughs> oh, <laughs> Chris, oh. you're stuck in the seat. Do it. Quickly. It's... Turning up the heat on
0: quickly, this, but man, if I could only buy one artist, or if I had like two pages put in front of me, like Chris, which one of these do you want to own?
1: No, it's Chris. There's this character coming out. It's either going to be written by Somni and our daughterman. Which one would you rather see Chris on the Somnia. book?
0: Okay, all right, there you That's go. That's fine.
1: Yes. Oh, uh. all right. Uh, Fiona Staples versus Adrian. No, well, it was a Fiona Staples. Fiona yeah, Staples Fiona won. Fiona Staples won. Yeah, Fiona oh. Staples won. You, uh, there was oh, two man. votes for her, and then you were like, "I'm doing McKelvey," and then what? You just put McKelvey in <laughs> yeah, the bracket. Yeah. <laughs> you know why? Because I run the bracket. <laughs> no, Fiona Staples won. Oh, you know yeah, what? Man. But not this time. Adrian Albona is going to no, win. I'm, I'm voting. I, you're, you're, vo- you're, voting I, I think, that. I I'm voting. I think this is a really Fiona.
0: close race, though. Between yeah, the they they're two great. Very. I think they both bring the same heart to the books that they work on.
1: But if we don't speak up for Adrienne Alpona, who will? Not Adrienne Alpona. But who will speak up for Fiona Staples, who is such an indie worker and does everything. Everything in her book, everything in Saga is done by her. The drawing it, coloring, lettering it. Everything is done by one person. Great. And like Chris said, like, you can have these outlandish crazy things that all feel real. They feel like they belong in together. Like you said, man with horns with bandages on his face, man with TV head, little, little seal guy with a giant axe. All works on the same. All it, works. It's all great. It's good. Flying around in a spaceship tree. Well, that's why Chris is on the hot seat again.
0: Boom. I don't want to be on the hot seat
1: i was just on the hot seat <laughs> the last pick. Well guess what? You can don't you can go <clears> next <throat> you can go first next time Versus uh when it's Chris Omni versus Fiona Staples. Ugh. Who is it, Chris? Who who is Chris Omni going up against? I like,
0: how you like to plant that in my head too with <laughs> the proposed matchup. I don't know, like Adrian Alphona can do great stuff that's completely out there, but still centered in reality without it being too caricature-y.
2: Oh. I, uh.
1: But in the same thing that you said Chris, against Essek no, is no, if it, you go Adrian Althona, bookiness, you could flip John. It has happened before. <laughs> flip him!
0: In this episode, it happened. It's, it's a tough pick. Like These are two artists that are both so uh, deserving of attention. Mm-hmm. Very true. I,
2: uh, all right. Um, I don't want to have to pick. I'm gonna. I can't. I'm gonna
1: count to three, and you have to say a name. Yep. One, three.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, Adrian Alphona.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: it, I'm, I'm sorry. Like Adrian Alphona is what made me take note of Miss Marvel coming out. Yep. And no, it's it, it. Brian K. Vaughn is what made me be like, oh my god, a new Brian K. Vaughn book. If it had been anyone else writing it, Saga would have flown under the radar. Uh, who I th-
1: would have counted I would, on John would, to pick that, <laughs> <one>? <laughs> mm-hmm. and I didn't because I wouldn't want to. All right, All right. Chris Omine versus Adrian it, it Alifona. Here's here's the thing though: is I'm, we said Chris could go first. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to say <laughs> I'm going to say Adrian Alifona. Alfon- oh, it makes it easy. Chris, who do you pick? What, what do you mean makes it easy? <laughs> 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 it makes it easy, John. Because <laughs> he's going to vote Somni. I'm going to vote. I don't know who I'm going to vote for. Chris, go ahead. I already have I'm, I have highlighted already who's winning <laughs> and moving on to the bracket. This, this Chris, is, go ahead. All is the so pressure's hard. off of you right now. It's okay. No matter who I you think pick, these, these it's already two, picked. These are two ahead. amazingly close artists. This and is I a think. Great. Oh, it's a great it, it's, it's a great, great it's a great matchup because they are very very close and I think one pops a little bit more and I think Paul even said it when he was comparing
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh Paulo yes. Rivera insomnia yes and it it just is that little bit of difference of that extra shadowing and that extra character mm-hmm. you know I, I think it just the work really works and here's the thing I have voted against this guy three <laughs> two times. Yes. Mm-hmm. but it's not because i don't think that he's not a, uh he's a bad artist but adrian alfona i think is deserving of this over chris somni this year chris go ahead Who's i was going to go chris somni okay
0: and I, I will hold to that because they're both great artists and as much as adrian alfona's artwork is that like bright and expressiveness Sometimes I like being down and dirty in the shadows. And for that, I'll need Chris draw drawing that book.
1: Yeah, you, would, you know, if you want to go street level, alleyway street level, you go Chris Omni. But if you want to and go street are, level, going books, to the like, midway, hanging out, going to the beach, you go Adrian Alphona.
0: Hanging out of that bodega, you go Adrian Alphona? Oh, yeah. I want to be in that alley behind the bodega
1: <laughs> Chris Somney to draw. I don't want to do that. Because it smells like euros and feet.
0: Oh, I love Euros. Uh, (laughs) I love And I have
1: feet. Just like John said, I already made my argument earlier and he summarized it well, so I'm going to Adrian Alfona.
2: Whoa! I already had that choice.
1: As soon as John said it, it made it really easy because I felt like I'm like. You threw me off
0: of that, Paul. I thought you were going to go Chris Uh, Tommy. When I
1: mentioned Paula Rivera and he said, yeah, yeah, I was like, oh. (laughs) He's voting with me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And also, what I already said earlier in the bracket. You know, I have to check first. What do I vote with my wallet on all year round? I'm still picking up Miss Marvel. I'm not picking up Daredevil. So there we go. Uh, Greg Capolo versus Adrian Alfona. Good thing we don't actually need to pick here because we have them all, right? Like for Mm -hmm. next. So next podcast, what we do is we take the top two writers, top two artists, and we come up with. From opposite sides. From the opposite sides. We pair them together. So Greg Capolo. And Brian Vaughn. <laughs> which seems like haven't they worked together? I have no clue. no. And no, then you're but gonna have they, they should. You're gonna have Adrian Alfonso Alfonso. You can put a Z in there. For I, no am, reason. Z. I am. I <laughs> am with uh, Scott Snyder. With Scott put Snyder. <laughs> Snyder. But Paul, you, you made one misstep. We do have to have an overall winner. Oh, do we? we do we? Do, we we, always do. Have the do overall? we? we always have. We do we? Brian K. Vaughn beat Snyder last one. Is it going to be another upset here? Paul, you're taking your time to think about this because you're like, Paul, I don't have to always, do it. Paul,
0: we always have an overall we Okay,
1: the There's got to be an overall winner. If we winner. have, if we two, you if have we to. Ha- gun to my head, if I had to pick right now, I have to go uh, Andrea Alfona. John,
0: go into the closet and get that nerf gun out.
1: <laughs> I already picked! He put gun it, to my head. He put it away. Oh. I like to shoot him in the ribs every once in a while. Uh, I if you're voting with your wallets I'm not buying either one of their books I'm reading your copies <laughs> but if you're like oh we're not buying this I would absolutely pick up Batman with Greg Capullo okay well, I have to, I have to, I have to go Greg Capullo Yeah okay I have to yeah I understand. Paul, Chris, what was your pick? I went Andrea Alfona. You're, you're How in am the I middle. <laughs> you're always in the Because hot seat. you don't go quick enough. If you picked know, earlier, you would it not be I know, and you always like throw it over to everyone else too. I know, I'm too nice. <laughs> and this is
0: tough because these are two artists that whatever book they are on next, I will take note of that book because they are on it.
1: When we were, were already doing that with Adrian Alfona. Greg Capullo, it took his Batman work because we weren't reading Spawn. We weren't Spawn fans. We weren't,
0: but now Greg Capullo is on my radar. Mm -hmm. So if they say, like, Greg Capullo writing or drawing this book, I'm going to be like, I'm going to need to at least check it out. Mm -hmm. And Adrian Alphon, I know I like. Greg Capullo, I'm surprised I like, even though I've been reading his work for, like, the past three years. I think I need to go with Greg Capullo. Yep,
1: makes sense. He's three, years, out of the park. three years in a row, he's won. Every,
0: every single issue on Batman, he does something, I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe this. Aidan Ralfona, great artist, there's so much heart in that artwork that it just, it makes me smile.
1: So, this year's bracket basically saw Miss the book Miss Marvel going almost all the way. It took Brian yeah. K. Vaughn. So, basically, the three books of this year were Batman, Miss Marvel, and Saga. Saga. Because uh Fiona Staples dropped out in the semifinals, or the quarterfinals, but still got close. Still not close. bad. And Chris Omni just hung on. Hung on for dear life. And, I, I mean, but he... We weren't... Daredevil, like it's this Operator. year it was there was nothing that we were like, yeah Daredevil ooh. it's it 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 face it's the thing of it's been such a good book for so long it's kind of like we've Man. talked about it for so long, also three years in a row, Greg Capullo wins, yeah, because I mean batman's it, a, it's it is seminal, I keep on saying the it, word, yeah, it is, and it it just people I think people are going to drop reading Batman year one. Before they stop reading the work that their Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo are doing on Batman.
0: And here's the thing: I got someone that I work with buying the Batman trades, and he started picking it up because of the artwork, and then the story is like secondary for him. He's bought every single hardcover out available right now. And he said that the new one's not out yet, and I'm like, the issues are still coming out. And you're like, well, I want to read it.
2: I lost the hardcover. Yeah, wait for the hardcover. Because that's, that's going to be that's on a book,
1: that's going to be on people's bookshelves. And you know what? Yeah. We we're talking about how I usually say one thing that people will say is wrong. That's the one thing where I said people will stop reading Batman Year One before they <laughs> stop reading. Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder. So I'm pretty sure internet will hate that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I, here we have our overall comic book creative team, Brian K. Vaughn and Greg Capullo. All right, there it is. That, and, that's that's our dream team. enjoy so uh, next episode, guess what we're going
1: to do, guys? Drink together because we're all going to be in the same place. The Magna yeah, Board to Boys Michigan
0: to visit and. We just so happen to be recording an episode, and in that episode, we'll be talking about Brian Kavon and Greg Capullo on the book that we want them to to create. And do we want to do our uh, like Marvel and DC picks, too, for the other yeah.
1: winners still? Yep, yep definitely. Because yep. I already okay. got a book that I really want BKV and Greg Capullo to do on DC, and I have one for Marvel right now. Yeah, I got to th- I gotta think about it. But yeah, it's going to be great. It, yeah. All of these, this is going to be like, why isn't this existing? It it's Candyland for us. Yeah, it's, this is going to be awesome. This is our freaking Christmas. And if you think it's, if you like this episode and every time it comes out, uh, our show comes out is your freaking Christmas, rate us and review us over at iTunes. We love to hear from you. Uh, uh, when you want to disagree with me, which is always, I appreciate it. Just send us an email, contact at magnumboardcast.com. Or hit us up on the Facebook, Bangin' Board, Bangin' Board, Twitter, as well, Instagram. A photo of you looking angrily at your computer screen.
0: Yeah, or whatever you're drinking, or whatever you're reading. Hashtag Bangin' Board over on Instagram Twitter
1: because
0: Instagram as well because hey, we need your feedback. We love you guys. We want to do more of this. We want to know what you like. And man, I can't wait for you guys to be here next week.
1: I know, I can't wait. Not just
0: because we're gonna go to all the places that I could just go Anyways any night and you drink. Dick. But it'll it'll mean more.
1: When you do it with friends.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Episode title.